Welcome to planetmullins.com. And welcome everybody to a Planet Mullins podcast special edition. Whoa ho ho. We've already completed season one and season two, but these two guests of mine today warrant a special broadcast all on their own because of the fact that they are Grammy nominees right here as we head into December 2021. So please say hello to Danae Vlase. Hi, Danae. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we also have Sangeeta Carr. Hi, Sangeeta. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so nice to be here. It's nice to have both of you. So let's just get right to it. I mean, um, in the past couple of years, I've been seeing a lot of collaborations by the two of you. And Danae and I have talked in previous episodes about, you know, the fact that she's not really a vocalist. And I always admit to people that I'm a terrible vocalist, which is why I play so well. And it's amazing that the two of you found each other because Danae writes all this amazing stuff. And then enter Sangeeta to sing everything. How did you guys meet? Who wants to start, Danae or me? Or... <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, we can each tell you our side of the story. Yeah, <laughs> <a good> idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my side of the story was um, in my first year as a voting member of the Recording Academy. Right, that's the Grammy Awards. And for people that just are tuning in, these two are nominated for a Grammy for, let me see if I got it right, Best Classical Solo Vocal Album. Yes. Right, and the the title of the album is Mythologies, and uh, Danae looks like a uh, goddess on there. I had, Sangeeta, I had been telling her, like, from years ago when I first met her, because I met her at the Hard Rock Cafe, and she was just kind of gliding through this room of average humans and then she was looking like she was a statue in motion with all graceful and stuff and i told my friends i said that's a goddess over there and now here it is a few years later and she is a goddess and both grammy nominated so sorry to interrupt sangita please continue well i want to kind of continue on your note because that's i tell danae this all the time i kind of joke with her but i am serious i'm like you're not from this planet you are definitely from another era another time (laughs) just the way that you carry yourself the way that you speak your elegance your beauty your kind it's just she's otherworldly so i absolutely agree with you (laughs) (laughs) as she kind of floats her way through the room all the time it's beautiful but i love you dane so much so dane and i met through grammy pro when that was once an online thing oh okay and i think after that year they had taken it down and i just remembered sifting through and i saw danae's profile and then i listened to her music and i absolutely just fell in love in all ways shapes and form with her music and then i felt her radiance through just her image alone but so much of her soul spoke to me through the music i i just knew one day we would be friends i wow. think- when and how and what, but I I felt this beautiful connection with her, with you, and um, it, that's just that was the beginning of our our deep sisterhood. I mean, I felt that so early on, and then I had a release party for one of my albums, and she came out and we met in person, and I think we held each other in our arms for the longest time, as if we hadn't seen each other in thousands of years. You know, Danae has that kind of presence where you feel the history of the thousands of years a lot because of the way that 
she carries herself, but also because of her unique kind of uh, background with, you know, the Greek and the French thing both going on. And um, Danae, I got to ask you because every time I get you on, I'm always so jealous because I think to myself, well, here I am sitting in my, my little house, like practicing the piano. And then, oh, there's Danae on Facebook. Hello. I'm at the Eiffel Tower. And <laughs> the Eiffel Tower happens to run in my family by chance because, you know, my great, 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 great uncle, uh, Jean Pierre Eiffel. <laughs> I mean, dude, come on, dude. What? What is it with you? What's going on over there? I don't post. I don't post to make people jealous. Oh, wait, um, wait for that. I will tell you. I I do curate what I put on social media, so you don't get to see the tears and the disappointments and the parts of life that are a lot less fun. So when you see me post, as I did a couple of weeks ago, some gorgeous photos along the Seine, looking at the, the Tohefel in, in a setting sun and, you know, life looked so perfect. It felt perfect in that moment too. But, um, to answer that point, yes, Gustav Eiffel, who built the Eiffel Tower is my great, great uncle. Oh my God. And then, (laughs) well, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. And Sangeeta, I interrupt her all the time, so this isn't a normal, uh, abnormal, because I interrupt her all the time. So does that mean, like, you go up, how many floors is that? And you go up 10 floors, and there's a little room there for you. <laughs> home, there's home. And there's a heart name on the door. Yeah, and your name <laughs> on the door, and a little star saying, you know, uh, whatever it says in French or whatever. <laughs> None of that, no. But, um, you know, I I think that that's maybe something for everyone to remember that when they look at, you know, stars and glamorous life, etc., it's highly curated. We have PR teams that make sure we look like something that everyone else wants to experience and fantasize about, but life is hard for everyone. And and it's, (laughs) there's no exception. You're looking at Sangeeta and I, who have each had maybe a four hours sleep every night for the last week. <laughs> wow. Because it's incredibly hard work. And Oh um, yeah. Well that's let's get into that whole thing too, because the the um hard work element of this and just reading your bios and today Sangita, I was reading yours and uh you know you have two degrees in in um, classical, vocal, and operatic training, and you're Vietnamese-American, and it's just, you know, the and I, I know this is a different thing, you know, BTS, the uh, Korean band, because my, my friend Henry in Denver is the first person to ever play a BTS song in America, and he helped launch them when they were, like, literally kids and stuff. And you just think, you know, wow, well, you know, the the Asian cultures and cultures around the world are not all the same. And it's been a complaint. Like when I've gone to Vietnam and to Japan um, and places like that, a lot of times Americans, uh, you know, guys like me, don't really make the distinction between these different kinds of ethnic groups. And when I was in Vietnam, it was really no music scene going on. It was many years ago. And they were uh, having to study Russian classical stuff at the conservatory in Hanoi. And I think about that. And then I think about, you know, you and your ethnic stuff and Danae with her multi-ethnic thing. And then here it was classical music. That ended up being the bridge, right? It was, it wasn't, you know, both of you saying, oh, wow, you know, I, 
I used to listen to Britney Spears. Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Katy Perry. Let's make a pop record. You know, four chords and I'll see you while dancing around at the Hard Rock Cafe. It was, it was that. So, I mean, musically, what was the first tie-in? I guess, Sangeet, it was you hearing Dene's music. And then how did you end up singing on her projects in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you my side of the story, but Dene probably has her side, too. Um, you know, like I said, once I, I met her and I felt this connection, I, I knew in my heart that one day we would do something together. And it wasn't until she finally sort of brought this up and was inspired. And, and there's also a missing link to all of this. Our beautiful sister, Hila Plitman, who right. was on this album and the force between the three of us that pulled us together and has kept us together. We've been creating music together, whether it be on Danae's album, my album. Um, it, it's just been this beautiful sisterhood of creation. And wow. we're missing her today. We should have her too. But, um, you know, Danae, you tell us what we're, what, what called you to want to work with us. I mean, I feel so honored every day and so grateful. I adore you with every fiber of my being, Sangeeta. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Rob, for bringing us together on this interview. As Sangeeta said, you're missing one of the three muses today. Our sister, Hila Plitman, is not here. But um, I'll tell you how it all came together. Okay. I did receive an incredibly kind message from Sangeeta in the fall of 2017, and it was not just the length of the message, but the depth of the communication, the sincerity of the message really touched me. And I realized this is someone who had not just listened, but she had really listened with an open heart. And she was connecting with my music in exactly the way that I dream of connecting oh, wow. with listeners. So I knew that there was something in terms of our, our musical predilections that, that was drawing us towards the same aesthetic values and I responded after listening to her finding her website looking on on YouTube I thought first of all I appreciate this human being first and foremost right and then I thought oh my god she's gorgeous I'm inspired by that kind of beauty well that doesn't, that doesn't really voice. hurt your to be that beautiful doesn't really hurt your chances I guess <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then I heard her voice and then it was like, you know, you just mentioned people growing up listening to various artists. Um, I grew up idolizing Sarah Brightman mm. and uh, there were many other vocalists I loved and I won't name them all, but there was something about Sangeeta that made me think she's got that quality of crossover ability, but then right. Full on core classical training. This is someone who knows how to read music. This is someone who's a full rounded musician. Right. Who's been exposed to opera, who has sung opera, who's been all over Europe singing. Um, and I knew she had that, that background that would meet with me in, in my training, but she also had so much more to her. She was singing mantra. She was singing in crossover genres, whether that's, slightly pop or slightly new age or slightly many things right and i was fascinated by the incredible sound of her voice and the diversity of of stylistic abilities that she portrayed so i thought i'm fascinated i'm drawn i'm in love and uh, i responded to her in kind and a few weeks later as sangita said we met at her album release party and yes we hugged 
hugged, hugged. I mean, okay, I've folks. Never hugged a stranger yeah. like that that's, on the first meeting. That's going to be my cue to step out and to leave these two ladies at home. <laughs> Enjoy each other for the afternoon. I think, I think I'll be watching on a secret video them. camera. Um, <laughs> and I should add one more, one more thing that marked me about Sangeeta that mm-hmm. night at the album release party. She did a right. performance of several pieces, including Handel's famous aria, Lasha Kyokyanga. And um, because of the logistics of the space and the setting, she was singing to a backing track rather than a live orchestra. Sure. Except that mid-performance, the audio failed and went completely dead silent left her all alone with her microphone uh-huh. and she did not miss a beat Rom. she just kept complete composure she was absorbed in the character the delivery of the music performed with such integrity all the way through to the end of the piece and i you know i could see what she didn't see behind her is i could see a couple of people running around trying to fix the audio <laughs> problem I mean, she's oblivious she's just performing you know the most season centered so the voice the performance ability the kindness as a human being the beauty all around how could we not be drawn to each other that's such a great story and and so kind of heartwarming in today's uh musical world which is really not sadly it's not very musical i mean um I, uh, as you know i have the podcast i'm a music teacher and i'm in touch with other teachers out there and um, you know other people associated with the academy and other recording artists, and all of us are just deeply saddened by what's happened to music in general, because um, you know something like a nine-minute piece or a thirteen-minute piece, none of that stuff is even allowed. Thank God for YouTube that we have YouTube because those long-form pieces can happen. And something that's got more than those same four chords. I mean, there's a video out there somewhere of a guy who, uh, this was five or six years ago, but he just said, it's a six minor chord to a four major, to a one major, to a five major, and that goes on and on and on. And then he listed like a thousand songs that are all that same four bar loop. And, you know, I'm not a fan of what's happened to chord progressions and i'm not a fan of what's happened to vocals and i am a fan of music that takes me somewhere music that's got something different that's interesting because i've heard a lot of freaking music (laughs) (laughs) you know i put out 40 albums of my own i can't even listen to my own albums anymore and so when i hear something like this that's got just all this range of expression in there. And Sangeeta, what is your vocal range? It's kind of like middle C to the stratosphere or what? what? <laughs> I mean, I hear you up there singing those double and triple E's and F's and G's. If I, if I, if someone wrote it out, I would sing down to an A below middle C. Okay. It, it would okay and um i probably think up to i can i'll touch very happily an f but i won't want to stay there for too long <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. i can relate to that well you know before we get into anything more do you have a mallet for that gong because i want you I to do you have two mallets there's, I just one want there, to... and there's one there <laughs> all right so i just want if you don't mind danae that i just wanted to go back and let's hit the do gong. It. let's hear it, I'm gonna do it. Hit the gong, yeah. Do it? yeah yeah all right. Okay, this is a different kind of gong, though. So this 
It's not the, you can't, it's a pasty gong. So oh, I know pasty. These are astrology gongs, and this symbol here is the astrological sign of the sun. So these, you're not supposed to like whack and bang them. You okay. Have to gradually build it. Can I have like five sure. seconds? Okay. Yeah, you can take your time because um, while you're getting ready to do that, I'm going to remind people of my generation. This is not Chuck's uh, Chuck and the Gong Show, <laughs> the TV show we had when we were kids. Wow, that that's amazing. How okay, go go ahead. All right. Okay, we're gonna start here. Well, that looked a lot better than it sounded. Imagine <laughs> we couldn't really we couldn't really hear it because you know, uh, with telephones and computers and it's really far away. It just kind of sounded a little bit like a UFO. Kind of does, but this is the cool thing. You're out. You're on to something. So I teach Kundalini yoga, and we play this gong at the end. Wait, of wait, time. wait, wait. Uh, hold up. What's a Kundalini? And that's that's <laughs> that's not that an is, Italian lunch. It is not Italian lunch or sandwich or pasta. <laughs> that's so, a bummer because I would. Uh, it's about two thirty in the afternoon. I could definitely eat one if there wasn't. <laughs> Go ahead. So this is a yoga practice that was brought over to the West many, many, many years ago. And um, sound is a very important aspect of this particular yoga practice, which which is, I think, why I resonated with this so much because we're chanting all the time. I love writing music for mantra. This sound, they say, is the sound of the cosmos. And it's sort of like the first sound of the human vibration. It, we, It's known that we, we come from a place of sound and vibration. Right. And tune in to the sound of the gong it's almost like being back in the womb a hundred thousand years ago infinite years ago it's this old ancient first sound of our existence and so when we play for 20 minutes after a yoga class and you're just lying on shavasana it is the most healing profound experience so the next time we see each other i'll have to have you in the room and play this for you Okay, that sounds great, and I'll bring up I'll bring over my Dumbeck and my uh, Zildjian ride cymbal. Yes, yes. Why not? We'll do a whole sound bath. You know, isn't it interesting that um, with all of the tonal palettes out there that are available to composers in all these genres, that Danae has found like somehow this, and I mentioned this to her before. It's like kind of a sweet spot with the arranging and the composing and the choice of the people and the performances are all ridiculously good. And anyone that I've turned on to this Mythologies album, which is the Grammy-nominated project, whether they're a teenager or they're 30 or they're 60 or they're 80, they all find something in there for them. That's amazing. yeah, I mean, the appeal of it is really great. So, um, I don't know, maybe I'll call Henry and see if he can still reach BTS and make them promote the album. They're in L.A. right now. You know they're in L.A. right now doing a whole I know, they're doing their fourth, fourth night at, uh, at the SoFi Center or whatever it is tonight. And, and yeah. probably I will not be attending that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so now... Um, there's another project that I know of that's really exciting because I remember when 
our, our colleague Greg Selsa started working on this with you guys, and it's a PBS television special. Yes. That is really cool. And by the way, for uh, anyone new to me and new watching my show, you can see my PBS special on YouTube. And uh, it was sponsored by KPBS in San Diego. You can see me with a mullet haircut. <laughs> you can see me about uh, 40 pounds lighter <laughs> and 20 years younger with a great band. But you're now um, on a, a special broadcast that's called Front and Center. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet, but I saw the... Uh, Greg sent me this pictures of the set designs. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's just... That speaking of being from another planet, I think you're guilty of that too, Sing. <laughs> you guys are both. I want to mention it, but if you're going to ask me, yes, it is true. <laughs> so, how do you go about like costuming and planning and getting those sets designed? That must have cost a fortune too. Yeah, um, absolutely. I personally, for me, I have a huge passion for production, and I think. <laughs> I realized this in my first undergrad recital at oh. State Long Beach. Okay. I remembered my recital. I was able to pull in like a hundred and something people from all over the That was a lot for me back then. And it was so easy and so much fun. And for me as a artist and as a visual artist and as a producer, I am so drawn because of my operatic background and theater background. I feel like everything needs to have that touch of magic theater in it and the visual aspect and you know like I thought in the past well how am I going to do this production I don't want to build a set we know how much that costs and how it's not mobile and right. you know having visual um, sets with projection or LED is the best thing and if you find an artist who knows how to create your world with you you for me it's bringing the audience into this magical world then they experience the music on a whole other level and right. you match the imagery with the music and you take them into that world that you are creating in your own head it, i mean it's the most exciting thing for me so um through all of these years i've been able to so blessed connect with some of the most incredible artists and creators. And, you know, I'm sort of that person who is the creature of habit. And when I find somebody who does an exceptional job, I don't let them go. I, I like hold <laughs> just fear life, you know. So Amish Dani is a good friend of mine who did one of my major, major, I think life-changing productions of all time for me called Naguma. He did the visuals there. Then he came back and produced this one uh, seven years later. And he knew my world. He kind of understood who I was and everything we asked for, he brought it to another level. And I just feel like the visual aspect really takes people on a, on a journey. And that's the right. whole core purpose in creating music in the first place to take people on a journey that is like uplifting and powerful, empowering, you know, so whatever I feel I can do, I'm going to try my best to do that. I'm so, um, you know, I, I don't want to sound corny here, but I just want to say I'm so proud of both of you. Um, you know, I've, I've met both of you through their recording academy. And, um, you know, Danae has been on the show a couple more times, but I've turned into a huge fan of hers and Sangeeta of yours and of Gila's through this new project. And uh, before we run out of time here, folks, this is uh, the announcement and the story behind 
the Mythologies album becoming nominated for Best Classical Solo Vocal Album for 2021. And um, obviously, you guys have websites, uh, DanaeVlase.com and Sangeeta. What's your website? SangeetaKarmusic.com. Okay, great. And uh, you can find both of them on Facebook and Instagram, front and center. The PBS series is on YouTube now as well. So you can go to front and center, um, subscribe there or don't subscribe, but it's all there. And uh, it's fantastic. Well, you know, just to wrap up on Danae's earlier point about, um, you know, how everything is really curated. And I totally understand that because sometimes I'll have uh, just a really rotten day. And I've had a couple of them recently that were just super bad. But if there was one great thing that happened for 10 seconds, that's what I'll put on my Facebook. (laughs) You know, I'm going to keep to myself the 23 hours and 59 minutes of sheer sheer hell (laughs) that I went through. But um, what I'm really excited about as far as sharing this broadcast and uh, both of your music with everyone is that it's hard work that makes this happen, people. This isn't something where, you know, you sit in your parents' basement, you eat Cheetos all day and play World of Warcraft or whatever it's called. You have to get out there, get the degrees, study with the best people you can, leave the house when there are events to attend, circulate, be out there, chart your music, look for similar people, and then share your vision and be organized about it. And Danae, you're one of the greatest organizers of all time. Like if I ever, if I ever want to plan the gourmet dinner for 400 with music, I'm gonna call you because <laughs> she'll have all of this cheating. Way ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both so much for coming on, and uh, fingers crossed, headed into. The uh, Grammys, which is happening, I think it's January 23 or 27, 2020. 31st. 31st. Oh, 31st. Okay, well, this is going to do it for a Planet Mullins podcast special Grammy nominee broadcast featuring Danae Vlasse and Sangeeta Carr. Everybody have a great day, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.